You're listening to the Comic Book Informer Podcast with Vince and Raj, a podcast for everyone from comic nerds to comic noobs. You know who you are. Now here's your host, Vince. Hello, everybody, and welcome to issue... God, I screwed it up already. <laughs> issue 232. This is what happens when I take a couple weeks off. I forget what episode number we're on. <laughs> oh Coming to God. you on September 21st. Uh, those of you keeping track at home, yes, this is a day early because we love our listeners so much. Really? We just couldn't wait any longer to deliver an episode to them. We're going with that? <laughs> sure, okay. Okay, fine. Sure. <laughs> I love our listeners enough. Roger really doesn't give a crap. I really don't. I hate you all. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> now we had to, to swap around some scheduling for our gaming podcast so uh we're recording on monday but that's all right we're both prepared we're both ready to go monday versus tuesday doesn't make a whole lot of difference how you doing this week raj i'm doing all right i'm doing all right we had such a good popcorn ronin episode yesterday <laughs> i just had a blast with that one and i think the the the, the 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 secret to that success was just picking something at random and then having fun with it. So mm-hmm. for anybody who listens to our movie podcast and all that, we did an episode where we just picked an anime and ran with it. We watched all the 12 episodes that are out right now. And then that way it was, whether it was good or bad, we were going to be talking about it. And there was some of both. So it was a lot of fun. Make sure to check it out. And that's kind of what we did here this week. This uh, series wasn't necessarily at random. I remember... It kind of pinging on my radar when it first released, and then I forgot about it until uh, apparently it finished up a week or two ago. So I was like, hey, let's talk about it. Going in sight unseen, have absolutely no idea whether it's good, whether it's bad. But you know what? Just like you said, sometimes that can be fun. Yep. We are talking about The Fiction from Boom Studios, written by Kurt Pyers, art by David Rubin and Michael Garland. This was interesting. <laughs> I think it's that's pronounced bad. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I when I initially heard the original concept of you know these kids who were ending up in inside these fictional storybook adventures something went wrong and they have to go back as adults it kind of had like that that it feeling you know of the you know Pennywise yeah. the clown and all that and I was like okay that could be interesting you know building it around the metaphor of you know writing and reading and all that something we could be interested in in execution not really a fan I don't even think that the concept works. I think that it's a kind of a tired trope that you really need to nail it if you're going to do this kind of thing. Because I, it if it's not properly written, we're not even going to touch on the art right now. <laughs> if it's not properly written, um, what happens is that it comes across as trying far too hard. It's trying and it comes off as pretentious and that's how I felt as I was reading it I'm reading it and going I I just felt again that the writer was trying way too hard with this and it just wasn't a fun Alice in Wonderland type of story where there's tons written behind between the lines and that and it doesn't come off as forced and there was other similar stories like that too this doesn't do that I really wasn't a fan of this See, upon first reading, I initially thought, man, four issues was not enough for what they were trying to do because, uh, you know, it just kind of ends. Like, yeah. There's no, there's not even any like resolution. It just ends like, okay, it's over. But 
and the more I think about it and the more I look back at it, I don't think more issues really would have helped the situation at all. No. It was just, it, it was flawed from the beginning. Having more time to tell its story might have helped a little, but I don't think it would have helped enough. I, yeah, I, I was glad it was only four. <laughs> <laughs> I'd have been all right with three after reading two. <laughs> Put it that I remember way. starting the fourth issue. I was like, man, there's a lot of story left to tell in this one issue. And well, apparently there wasn't. Yeah, I, yeah. So the story starts off uh, with four children, Tyler, Cassie, Sang, and Max hanging out in, uh, I believe it was Max's attic while their parents were downstairs having a little party. And they discover these books that just allow them to dive into the books and experience these fantasy worlds. No explanation. And you know, for, for f- to an extent, I can accept a story that doesn't give any explanation. <laughs> but at some point, there has to be some sort of clue or even a small little bit of like background. This was just like, nope, books, kids get sucked into them, move on. Like there. it it just really, it never worked. The, the problem is, is that the, and I'm, I'm air quoting here. Explanation <laughs> is at the end when the golden being, you find out that the, the gates open because they got freaking high and walked through <laughs> and you're going, that's, that's it. That's, that's your explanation. That's what you're going with. <laughs> and they tried to tie in this, the story of like their parents and their parents were, like you said, out camping and getting high and they discovered a portal and that had something to do with the books and Sang's dad got infected by the mysterious shadow creature. Like It did not work. What was the point of any of that? No, it just did not work at all, at all, at all, at all. So as the story goes on, uh, yeah, Sang, uh, as a child, never comes back, and uh, the kids, you know, just cover it up. They, how do you, how do you explain this? So they, they just, we don't know what happened. We don't know where he went until they become adults, and Tyler gets sucked into the book, and Max and Cassie have to go investigate slash rescue him. And again, they were kind of close to doing something interesting with. Max kind of passing it off as just accepting it as a childhood delusion. And, you know, like that, that couldn't possibly have ever happened to us as kids. It's something that we made up and convinced ourselves was the truth. And then two pages later, he jumps into the storybook with her. Like they, they tried to tell one story and then just gave up and told a different one. It's not just that, but he's an entirely different person character. Mm -hmm. It's like a light switch flicked. And all of a sudden it's like, oh, of course I'm here. You knew I was going to be here to help you. I could never leave you go in there alone and all this crap. And and then the stuff inside too between the two of them. And you're going like, really? <laughs> like you were just a sleaze bag <laughs> the page before this. <laughs> and now you're a stand-up guy? I kind of don't buy that. Mm-hmm. As they're in there, they discover Tyler. They uh, find Sang, who is now a full denizen of this fiction world. Uh, they explain that his home life was, uh, you know, very poor. You know, his father, they didn't go so far as to say abusive, but they gave enough hints that that's at least where it was going. And especially once we found out he was, quote, again, infected by the evil fiction. Like, I, I'm having to make up so much stuff for this story <laughs> just to give it some sort of narrative arc because it's not in the comic. <laughs> he just decided he wanted to stay and, you know, he got 
possessed and gave himself over to the dark side. And that's where, you know, he captures his friends. I, I don't even know what the end game was here. Like, what was the whole point of bringing everybody else back into the this world? I, it's really not explained because for a while you're thinking the reason why was just the revenge of them having quote unquote left him there, even though you find out that he didn't, he wasn't left there. He voluntarily went back because home life was that atrocious for him. But then you find out, no, it's the other being that actually wants them there, but that's not explained either. And then it, it almost, and (laughs) this is how screwed up this is. I, I don't completely understand what happened at the end here. I'm not an unintelligent person. That's (laughs) yeah, but it made it seem as if, the the shadow being that had kind of enslaved uh, what's his name again the the kid Sang, Sang. yeah the, the the shadow being that enslaved Sang wanted the kids to come back as adults but kids whatever to draw out the mm-hmm. golden being if, in if order they were to fight in them. danger the golden one would come to rescue them yeah so that it could kill the golden one. That's what I took from this. Yeah. Who? But again, who's the golden one? Who's the shadow being? Who are any of these people? What importance do they have to this world, to this story, to these characters? Really? You're asking There's me? There's no answer to that no, question. There no. There, no, there isn't. <laughs> they, 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 they came perilously close to almost thinking about maybe describing it when they said the golden being was a creation of some writer from a, a, an alternate timeline. Like, what? <laughs> Who? <laughs> what timeline? Like, again, what, what are we doing here? Because we get to a point where saying possessed by, you know, the shadow creature attacks the golden being, the golden being smacks it down in one page and, that's it. The comic literally ends right there. We get two pages of epilogue of you know, Max and Cassie and, you know, moving on with their lives. And uh, I, what the hell happened? Again, you're not asking me because <laughs> I don't have an answer. Or at points I could see what was trying to be done, but only right. in so much as... I could see what was what was trying to be done if this was going to be an ongoing story wherein all of the loose threads are tied up over a very long period of time. Mm-hmm. So then those little mysteries are good. That's that's not a bad thing because again it, it keeps you wanting to know more about the story. However, you get to issue three and four knowing full well that this is it, and you're like no, 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 you you should have been tying these up way sooner so that it makes sense throughout the story and isn't just a crap load of red herrings tossed at the reader. So, I again, it, it, it was flawed conceptually. It was flawed in how it was plotted out across not just each issue, but the entirety of the arc. Mm-hmm. And then it was just flawed, in my opinion, as the writing, just in terms of the, the quality of the writing, the sorry, the caliber <laughs> of the writing. There's a big distinction there. Yes, his grammar was quite good. Yeah. <laughs> and I feel you had some things to say about the art as it's well. fucking horrible. It's horrible. I hated the art. Hated it. 
really a lot. I, I mean, again, it's subjective. There's going to be people who love this. More power to you. I hated it. Nobody all looks the same for a lot of the different things. You got some weird design. I, I'm pretty sure Tyler was a different person in every page. Yeah. Why does why does dude show up with a freaking three piece suit <laughs> to go into a book? <laughs> what was the point there? Like there is just a lot of things that I really, really was simply not digging about the art at, at all, at all, at all. And for, someone, for a story that had such big aspirations, the art was at best mediocre and it didn't even always reach that height. No, no. And whoever did the art really needs to learn how to draw eyes because wow. <laughs> <laughs> wow, some of these expressions it, it just boggles. You're like, hold on, which one of these is supposed to be Asian? Because they make yes, a point of that. I, I know the I know the exact page you're talking about. Oh, there's too. more than one. And you go, <laughs> there's one that like was super obvious. You're though. like, what the hell is going on here? Because again, you've got like everybody at points. Their eyes are either comically not even round oblong and or other points drawn like a child would draw when they learn to draw eyes, the, the basic shape of the eye and the iris and everything else like that. It's so freaking, Oh, I (laughs) really didn't like it. Not that spectacular art would have made this work, but it would have made it would have brought about more that sense of fantastical, that, mm-hmm. that wonder of everything can happen, and also the fear in that. You would have at least gotten that. And that's what you could see that they were trying to go for, but it's just not achieved. And when you're constantly looking at the faces, which are everywhere, and the quite literally pointy noses that are like, there's there's some shots where you can... You could slice a pizza with this nose. It's that point sharp at the the tip. And and it's just all these different things that just don't work at all, at all, at all. And I thought there were points where Garland did a good job with the coloring and, you know, kind of tried to save yeah, really. <laughs> some of the artwork, if you will. But then there were, again, also points where it was just like, it, it was very confusing because, you know, again, Tyler, he's a black guy. He wasn't black in every panel. No. And it can't be chalked up to lighting or it's just, no, it's like, it it was very confusing at some points because I didn't even know what character was talking. Yeah, no, I agree. So uh, really disappointed with this because this is something that I wanted to like when I read the first uh, solicitation, but that was the high point, I guess. Again, for me personally, even as a concept, I don't think it works. I, I really didn't think that as a concept it could work. It, I, I, sorry, it could work, but it would, it would have to be spectacular, and it's nowhere near that. Mm-hmm. As for what else we've been reading, however, I said last week when you were doing the new releases, it was a hell of a week for Image. <laughs> and three quarters of what I want to talk about this week is Image related. I'm uh, going to start off with the big one, Invincible. Well, if you're this waiting for is, me to say I read it, I, I, I was just curious. Have you read it? <laughs> no, I have not. Okay. I'm actually behind this, because I watched a crap load of anime in the last few days. <laughs> this is the uh, kickoff 
or not necessarily the kickoff, but the prelude to the big uh, storyline they were teasing at Comic-Con of reboot, question mark, where uh, Mark travels back in time to before he developed his powers. And, you know, he still has the knowledge of the future. And we're going to see, you know, if he changes what he changes, kind of a Life is Strange type scenario here, which we both had our reservations about. Um, It was really jarring in this issue, too. It's like three quarters of the issue was one thing and then the last few pages were whoops time travel like it 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 was really awkward it was kind of like okay we need it's like he came up with the idea at the last minute which maybe he did yeah. <laughs> sometimes that inspiration strikes you never know i really liked the early parts of the issue of again mark and eve and tara and knowing now cuz uh, you know kirkman says in the, at the beginning of the letters column that the reboot uh, storyline is actually only going to be three issues. I'm a little less worried about it now because it's not going to be, you know, reliving every moment and, you know, retreading a lot of ground we've covered before. It's, I think it's just going to be kind of like some highlights and some really important stuff. And I still hope that, uh, don't screw it up because I like the direction the comic has gone, but, uh, yeah, we'll see. Kirkman hasn't let us down too hard yet, so at least on this comic. Seriously? Yeah, I was going to say. <laughs> you best be clear about that. So I, I, I will reserve judgment until the story is complete. I Again, I'll read it, obviously, but mm-hmm. I the idea of going back in time to reboot is just horrible in my opinion. But if it's only for three issues, just as a little kind of one-off story arc to get yeah, people like up to Yeah, like a side adventure. Fine, you, whatever, uh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I, I thought it was going to be like a whole year-long thing, but uh, no. Small story, I'll, I'll give it a shot. Yeah. Uh, next up, I talk about it every time. Sex Criminals continues to be fantastic. This is quite possibly the most ludicrous issue they've done to date, and that is saying a lot. I laughed harder at this comic than I have at any comic in a long, long time because of just how again over the top it was but at the same time just like we've said so many times or just like i've said so many times before with this comic it also really nails that real life scenario of you know okay yes here's some fun jokes but let's let's take a moment to talk about something seriously and it it again it nails that balance so well and that's what makes this a special comic for me cool and finally tokyo ghost the new comic from Rick Remender and Sean Murphy. I'm interested. <laughs> there, there are a few things in this first issue that not necessarily I didn't like, but I know like Roger's going to complain about this. Oh, come on. <laughs> yeah. Some things that went truthfully a little unnecessarily over the top, but the story they're trying to tell of like this fractured love story of these two characters and like a dystopian sci-fi future. I am definitely gonna give it at least a couple more issues to see where they go from here, because it's a really cool concept. And those two characters, uh, I'm really interested in seeing their dynamic develop between the two of them, despite the fact that, you know, there was a little too much ass in a couple of pages. Okay. And then finally, I'm very disappointed in you, Roger. You left something really important off of your new release list last week. Okay. Voltron from the ashes. I see. 
You know, sometimes I purposely omit things that I know you're interested in just to kind of poke at you and see if you'll say anything. I'll leave out Transformers every once in a while and just say, I'm going to wait and see uh, if I've he actually says stopped reading the Transformers comics. They it got a little too overblown. You know what I mean. If there yes. was a freaking Doctor Doom one shot that you were beaming about, <laughs> I would leave it out just to see what you would say. But you see, at least I would know that was coming. It wouldn't be a surprise of, oh, there's a new Voltron comic out. <laughs> and it's it's a cool concept. Uh, I'm going to net keep checking it out, see where it goes, uh, where it starts after the fall of the Voltron Force. And it picks up 200 years in the future where – a uh, new generation of cadets are being trained for the possibility of piloting Voltron if he should ever be needed again. And, you know, they're actually at the ruins of the battle site where the freaking machine is half buried in the ground and still destroyed. But Dynamite did a really good job a couple years ago with uh, a couple of the Voltron miniseries they were doing. Really true to, you know, the spirit of the original while also modernizing it and making it a really interesting storyline. So if they can keep up with that for this new one, I'm really going to be really excited. Cool. What have you got this week? Did you read the last little Marvels, the AVX? The uh, last? I'm so behind on that one. Oh, so behind. There's only four issues. I, I, and I've read one. <laughs> this is freaking fantastic stuff because of, again, the tongue-in-cheek way that he's making fun of everything that's going on in Marvel. And this is the last issue because it's the Battle World stuff. And you have... All of the the forces now, you got the Avengers, the X-Men, and the Guardians are all fighting for, um, to to see who the the twins are going to go with. And then the Inhumans come along. Oh, God. So this ties directly into the big news, which I'm surprised you didn't bring up. I had completely forgotten about that. That that Marvel is talking about kind of killing off the X-Men and mutants specifically with Inhumans. Just how much truth there is to the fact that they want the Inhumans to become the new mutants so that they and not. I've been hearing these sky is falling rumors for several years now. (laughs) Now, granted, some of it is at least bearing fruit, but it's they would not cut off completely, at least one of their most profitable franchises. Yeah. But again, if you look at it. But I can also see them going, you know what? Let's not market these characters as heavily as we have in the past. Yeah. Because they don't own the rights to the film rights, and that now is the big cash cow for mm-hmm. them. So the fact that Inhumans are essentially mutants, it's the same bloody thing. They just, they it's need a far a, less interesting. <laughs> a gaseous cloud is what turns them into mutants. So it's the same bloody thing. So they can do the same stories, the same everything with them, and then own all of the rights as well. So I, I believe quite. <laughs> firmly that these conversations did happen in boardrooms higher up or whatever Mm -hmm. at Marvel. It has to have. So anyways, this is freaking hilarious because again, you get all of now these teams fighting for the twins and whatnot. Scotty Young is a freaking beast. (laughs) Some of these panels are ridiculous. Like we know he does good work. We know that he can, you know, do no wrong when he's on this kind of warpath. One of these two page spreads has got everybody fighting 
And if you go to his <laughs> Tumblr or Instagram, I don't know which it is. I've been scrolling through all of his stuff lately. Um, it shows a lot of the work that he did for like each of the individual characters. But seriously, it's 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 unbelievable. It's on freaking believable. <laughs> uh, uh, it's gorgeous. If you have a <laughs> widescreen monitor, this needs to be your background. It's that freaking cool. And the story is great. It's funny. It's got, again, it's making fun of everybody. And then it ends with, <laughs> that's not the only team that wants them. The Brotherhood of Evil Mutants is there too. <laughs> <laughs> and they're the so ones. So I'm waiting for you know X Force and you know Alpha Flight. <laughs> no, it was freaking awesome. So I am very disappointed that it's done. I'm not gonna lie. I can appreciate that he's got a lot of stuff on his plate. Mm-hmm. <laughs> There's only so much time, and this takes a I lot. Hate of Fairyland time. is coming out soon. Yeah, yeah, that's one we're gonna be talking about for sure. But yeah, <laughs> you got to read it. It's awesome. Okay, I'm only gonna talk about one other thing because, like I said, I was actually. Far too busy watching anime to read comics. I talked about the uh, Star Trek Green Lantern mm-hmm. Spectrum Wars series. Uh, two and three have come out. This is freaking awesome. Like, this is so freaking cool. It's unbelievable. If you're a fan of both of these, this is pretty much a must read, even if you're just a fan of one of them. And the thing that I love is that it makes bloody sense which is hard to do, but they make it make sense right from the get-go in the first one. And so when you're reading the other ones, and now the rings are seeking out various people in the Star Trek canon, and you've got, you know, the the good people getting some of those rings, but now you've got the freaking Klingon getting the fear ring. And... (laughs) I'd say they'd be more the rage ring, but okay. No, the rage ring is somebody else. Um, that, what are they? Gorn, I believe. Um, and the orange the one. lizard people? Yeah. I'll, I'll, I'll look and see which one okay. it is. Uh, and, but yeah, the, 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 you get this Klingon going toe, trying to, trying to go toe to toe with Sinestro. <laughs> that was funny. <laughs> and then you got the orange ring goes to a Romulan. Who just like wants everything. Not a Ferengi? No. Come on guys. You're no. not even trying. <laughs> Although the Frankies haven't been, you know, since they're basing it off the the new ones, the Kirk era, you know, maybe not. But yeah. Come on, it's such a gimme. No, <laughs> Let me write the series. The, the, actually, the Romulan works better. I got to tell you, and yeah, it is the uh, the Rage Ring go, does go to a Gorn, and that yeah. fits perfectly as well. And, uh, and yeah, it's <laughs> every issue is freaking awesome. Just the writing is so much fun to read and the art is amazing. Sadly, and I think this may hold it back, the covers suck. The covers are horrible. But once you get inside the art by Angel Hernandez, just fantastic. And colors by Alejandro Sanchez. And the colors, obviously being Green Lantern, is important. The colors are mm-hmm. amazing in this. This is just a gorgeous comic. The similarities in appearance with the the crew of the new Star Trek is spot on. And the writing is really, really good. I, I can say that because I, I there was another one just recently that was a crossover with Star Trek and Planet of the Apes. 
I started reading that one and I only got so far and went, nope, this is horrible, <laughs> horrible. But the the Star Trek Green Lantern one, I I like this so much that I would love for this to become an ongoing series and just keep it so that it's its own separate canon from both of those actual canons and just like Injustice, run wild with it because you know a freaking ring on a Romulan, a Klingon, a Gorn, there's going to be hell to pay in that universe. Let it happen. Blow up freaking worlds. It's happened with the Green Lanterns and just really have a lot of fun with it. And and I would love to see this continue. Cool. So that's it for me. Speaking of Injustice, latest issue, man. I I must be really slow because it, it wasn't even like a hint. It was a glaring, obvious plot point that I just completely missed out on. But at the end of this issue, it came crashing together for me. And I went, oh, okay. I haven't read that last one, so be quiet. All right. <laughs> well, then, uh, this week's new releases. It's actually a pretty, pretty small week this week. Uh, Marvel is bringing us 1872, number three, Captain Marvel and the Carol Corps, number four, Kanan, number six, Runaways, and Weird World, both with number four. I noticed they stopped calling it Kanan the Last Padawan, and I was like, that's weird. Why did they do that? Because I haven't been reading it. Because he's not, he's a, Padawan. not a Padawan anymore. He's grown up. <laughs> makes sense. It's like, oh, okay. Good to know. From DC, we have Batgirl number 44, Gotham by Midnight number nine, and We Are Robin number four. From Image this week, we have Manhattan Projects, The Sun Beyond the Stars number three, Tech Jacket number 11, and The Tithe number five. Boom Studios brings us The Spire number three, IDW, Teenage Mutant Turtles, Casey and April number four, and from Valiant, The Book of Death number three. So that's going to wrap us up here this week. As always, you can find us online at comicbookinformer.com or on Twitter at CBinformer. As we mentioned at the beginning, uh, we put out a new Popcorn Ronin this week. If you're interested in our discussions about anime, you can check that out at popcornronin.com. If you're noticing any weirdness with the audio this week, I know Roger's going to do his best in post, but uh, we're actually using some different software today because Skype has exploded. But... uh, I don't know. Maybe if you guys like it, leave us a comment and uh, let us know if we should keep using the software because uh, we're really coming around to it. Yeah. So thanks for listening, guys, and we'll see you next week. Make sure to stop by comicbookinformer.com and let the guys know what you think in the comments. If you'd like to hear more from Roger and Vince, check out Popcorn Ronin, a bi-weekly movie, TV, and anime podcast, as well as For the Lore, a weekly gaming podcast. <laughs>